Let's begin now. It's the Good News Countdown. Oh, yes, it is another edition of the Good News Countdown. I'm Griff. That's my friend, Shamso. Hello, Griff. How are you doing, Shamso? I'm sleepy, but I'm good. Sleep. What's new? That's always your answer when I ask you. Uh, it's always hungry. Not hungry. Sleepy. Now yeah. it's sleepy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, honestly, this week's podcast of the Good News Countdown is probably going to be, not probably, it's going to be a little different than usual. Um, I think it's only right that we have a conversation about what's going on in the country. If you haven't yes. noticed, there's some stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> a lot in 2020. Of, uh, 2020, it's, we're only halfway through. Yeah, it's we've a, got another six months. I know. So uh, there's been a lot going on. If you don't know, you probably do know that Shamso and I are opposite race. I wanted to give her a chance to kind of speak her mind on this platform we have and kind of share her thoughts on what's going on. And of course, we're going to keep it positive. Some good news here and there where we can. Like we've talked about before with COVID, with stuff that other things in the past, hurricanes and stuff that we've talked about here before on the show, you know, there's constantly some type of big tragedy or news story going on. And like, we live in a fallen world. That's the reality. But there are people that step up. There are silver linings to every story. And in mm-hmm. this latest, with all the unrest that's been going on, there has been some good news, some people stepping up and making a difference in the midst. Mm-hmm. So we'll cover some of that. So Shamso, yes, what are your thoughts just as an African-American? You literally are an African-American in the terms that you were born in Africa, correct? Yes, yes. And I now you live in America. Afri- exactly. I am an American born half well i have two citizenships i have dual citizenships i have an american mother and an african father so the title really is me (laughs) you really are african american yes not just because i have dark skin right but really am um this week is it's been a hard week i mean as a black person living in this world in 2020, you never thought that this will still be going on. We will right. still be racially profiled for the color of our skin, the texture of our hair, the way we talk, the way we act. But this is an everyday thing that a lot of people don't realize that we go through. I mean, I was racially profiled at work by yeah. someone for my hair. I mean, it's, it's, it's not right. And it's hopefully we're getting to the point where it's people voices are being heard and some things have got to change. I mean, I fear for my nephews who mm-hmm. are African American. I do have a biracial nephew. So we, they don't need to go through what we're going through. We feel like we're still going through what my mom went through. Her family went through growing up in Mississippi with the whole black and white thing. Like we, we need to get past it. Like seriously, we, we have to move forward. We can never move forward if we sit, keep going backwards. And it does seem, at least right now, and I pray that this continues, it seems like this time is different. It seems Mm -hmm. like there's a lot more people willing to examine themselves Mm -hmm. and want to make a change. Um, They're at least willing at this moment right now. Yeah, and my thing is I hope that it's not just for a season. Right. I was thinking this. I had the same thought, Sham. So 
they call it the mountaintop experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes you'll like in high school, we did it a lot. We'd go on these like little spiritual retreat trips. Mm-hmm. You go up to the mountains and it's like all worship and kumbaya and a yeah. pastor speaks and everyone's like high on God. Mm-hmm. And like, Oh, I'm going to be the best Christian ever. When I get back home, I'm going to be, or this also often mm-hmm. happens after mission trips. Yeah. You're, you're so moved and you come home mm-hmm. and you want to make a difference. And then you just naturally, I don't think it's, anything bad by the person necessarily, but naturally you get caught up in life and you Mm -hmm. kind of forget about it and you get back to just kind of your normal and what you know. So hopefully, like you said, hopefully the, hopefully this time is different that this actually is lasting. Yeah. It's not something that's just going to be something that's in 2020, hopefully in 2021 and 2022, we carry this on over because we can't keep going through this every single day. Like, it's just like, enough is enough. Basically, we're tired of it. We're tired of it. And we're, we're over it. We need, we need it to be done. We want to be seen as a person with brown skin or light skin or like right. my nephew and niece, they have a white dad and a black mom. Mm-hmm. And they just consider themselves, they're young, as brown people. They don't say they're white. <laughs> right. They don't say they're black. They have tan skin. Have they, do you know if they've in their life, have they experienced kind of what you've experienced? My one nephew have he because he didn't have the latest shoes as the other black kids had in the school. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go to school there. He wanted to. to he, why don't Why don't I have these things? Well, X Y Z have these shoes. Well, they said because you you're not black. But in his eyes, he's like, but my mama is black, oh. and my daddy is white. Like, and again, what does a pair of shoes have to do with you going to school and learning? Right. It makes no sense, but they're still so young and hopefully they, they don't see what we see every day. Right. I mean, you know, I, well, that is the beauty I of, yes, I didn't grow up with white friends <laughs> until I was older. Right. Like I didn't, we grew up in an all black neighborhood. That's just where we live. We didn't have any white people until I got older and I saw my first white person was like, wow. <laughs> they really well, do exist that's something i wanted to touch on is we all just tend to naturally and i think if you i, I saw i was watching some videos on instagram that people have been posting some great resources mm-hmm. kind of explaining why it is this way but we do tend to live around other people that look like us black yeah. people do it white people do it yeah. asian people do it there's, and when I mean, you move into another neighborhood, they're looking at you like, why are you here? Right. This is because we're so comfortable with just being stuck with, within our own race. And that's the word comfort. I think we're just comfortable. I, I, I think for a lot of people, um, I mean, maybe it started off as a racial racist mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But then as the years have gone on, it's just kind of what we know. It doesn't make it right. But we're just mm-hmm. comfortable living amongst other people that are like us. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the yeah. way it is. It's and then when you step out and you see, oh, there's a white person living in this neighborhood. Right, it's a black neighborhood. It shouldn't matter. Like we need to be able to move into a neighborhood not because this is all black people or all white people. We just need to be comfortable wherever we are. If there's a black person, I need, if I was white, I need to be comfortable with that person walking down the street and not feel like my life is being, you know, attacked or I fear for my life or whatever. It shouldn't be like that. Well, the beauty of it is that we, we kind of touched on it is kids. It's kids. It just seems natural. You don't 
see color, I guess, or you yeah. notice that they're black or white or different, but you all just play and get along. There was a picture yeah. in Georgia from yesterday. Those black kids, white kids, Asian, all just playing a game of pickup basketball. Now, I don't know if yeah. it was the wisest decision with COVID going on, but they were all just out there having fun, laughing, joyous, and it was That's a great, supposed to be. great yeah. picture. Yeah, and for me, my experience was I went to a private school for kindergarten through eighth grade. By the time I was in eighth grade, I was one of only four white kids in that school. The rest were black. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a very, that school, every day I was going there for nine years, Mm -hmm. was very diverse. Then high school, it was like the opposite. I went to a high school where there may have been four black people in the school out of like 400 kids total. And then now me as a parent, as we have to decide what to do with our kids, Mm-hmm. If we're not going to, if we're going to choose to send them to a private school, which in our situation, I had that experience and it's not necessarily that it's a private school. It's that it's a Christian mm-hmm. school. My parents were able to give me a Christian education and I would love hopefully to be able to provide that for my kids. But there's a lot of different Christ, private Christian schools. Yeah. The one closest to us, the one that would make the most sense for our kids is honestly pretty diverse right now. Mm-hmm. And to be transparent, there's a part of me that wonders Am I okay with my kids, maybe by the time they graduate in eighth grade from this school, because it only goes to eighth grade, of them being some of the only white kids there? You know, I look back at my experience. It was fine. It was great. I had a great time. I'm still friends with lots of those, white and black. It was like, and we didn't think anything of it back then. Mm -mm. So this whole situation for me has almost challenged me to be like, well, you know what? That'll be fine. If they need to go there, like they're going to be fine. Black, white, it doesn't matter what the racial makeup of the school is. They're going to be fine. What, what their parents teach them, like you, you're taught to love or to hate. You don't just naturally born with hate in your heart. Hate is something you're taught. Right. So I think as parents, you teach your kids, hey, we don't see color. I mean, I used to keep a little boy. He says to me, well, why does your skin look this way and my skin is this way? I say, you know, in the eyes of God, we, this, we don't, there's no color. I said, my skin may be brown and your skin may be white. But we're, we're the same. Our blood is still red. We still have two eyes, 10 fingers, 10 toes. I just, just because our skin is different, that doesn't mean we're different. We're still the same person. Right. But he said, I'm a boy and you're a girl. Other than that, <laughs> we're still the same person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like I said, this has kind of been a, it's probably good for kids yeah. to experience that diversity and not grow up in a homogenous where, everyone around them looks like them, whether it's black or white. Yeah. I think it's, it's going to be better for our country. Like if, we're, if there's going to be any change that everyone wants, well, we're going to have to step out of our comfort zone. And we're so comfortable with yeah. what's around us. We're comfortable with, oh, I go to all black church. Oh, I go right. to all white church. Right. And it's, we shouldn't be comfortable with that. We got to be able to, you know, be diverse. And then if, and then if your church does, because I've, I've experienced this, honestly, you go to a church that starts off as like predominantly white, mm-hmm. time goes on, it gets very diverse and mixed. It mm-hmm. makes some white people uncomfortable. They yeah. want to leave and start their own church or do something else. Because mm-hmm. they don't see enough of them. <laughs> then they forget why they're there. Exactly. So, so it's... We got a long way to go. <laughs> it's, it's, so shame. so real quick. Mm-hmm. what's the first step now all these everyone's you know posting on instagram and all over social media that they want to change their hashtag listening um yeah. so now what what do like 
what can white people do? What can other people do? What do we all do now? My thing is don't just listen today. Don't just listen tomorrow. It needs to be an everyday thing. You need to listen every day. You need to see what we go through every single day. Don't just let it be for a season. This needs to, it means it's going to take time for us to get there. I heard uh, a prominent pastor say, reach out to someone of the opposite race of you. Yeah. Befriend them. Talk to them, whether it's through text messaging here and there, yeah. just check in on them. Because I think people just don't know what we go through. Uh, this is an everyday thing. I mean, it may not be always recorded on social media and put out there for everybody to see it. People are going through this every single day. And I heard someone mention as well, it was Montel Jordan. Uh, this is how we do it. Yeah. He said, we need to get to the point where we're practicing empathy. Mm-hmm. And you can experience that empathy once you basically, once you become friends with people that are different than you. Yeah. Um, if I'm your friend, just naturally through a friendship, you, you'll tell me what your day is like, what you experience. Mm-hmm. Or if I see something terrible on the news, say, what if it was a black woman who was killed? I can think, yeah. oh my gosh, that could have been my friend Shamso. Yeah. You know, cause I do it as a, as a father. I experience that empathy all the time with my kids. If I see a terrible story about a kid, uh, you know, a young kid having cancer mm-hmm. or something terrible happening to a young kid, I immediately have this empathy for those parents mm-hmm. or it's like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine experiencing that and having to go through that. Yeah. Um, it just comes natural to me because I'm, I, I'm their dad. You're human. Yeah. You have feelings. Like, I mean, but I don't it, have kids, but when I hear that someone has killed a child or abused a child, I mean, it hurts me as a right. human. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a parent, but it hurts you as a human because we all have feelings. And right. I think that people just tend to think, oh, well, they'll be fine. You know, we're not fine. We, we're tired. I'm tired. So it sounds like one of the most practical things we can do is like we talked earlier, get out of those comfort zones. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Let's try and that isn't necessarily right now moving from a white neighborhood to a black neighborhood or black to white or, but maybe it starts with some friendships. Mm -hmm. I think we all at least know one person of the opposite race. Yeah. And if you don't, you need to go find you somebody who's of the opposite race. Or or maybe challenge if it, if you go to an all white church or you're, you send your kids to an all white school, maybe that's something to think about. Like Mm -hmm. maybe changing churches. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. That's might be radical for some people. I don't know. Or maybe if you are at a church, that's pretty diverse and you've been thinking, Oh, I don't know. I've been sitting next to Sarah all week. Maybe you need to go sit next to Ellen down the road. Like, seriously, (laughs) go find you a a somebody new that's of a different race. Like, I feel like I should have at least one friend of every race. There's somebody I should know. Kind of like the Bible say, how can you love me, Jesus Christ, if you've never seen and Mm -hmm. hate your brother who you see every day? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. No, it's not possible. That's not. You don't love God then. It's not. You don't. You don't period. No, um, as a prop is what you do. Oh, and it does seem as children for whatever reason. I, I think a lot of us grow up in around just, mm-hmm. you know, black kids, white kids, we all kind of, and then as we get older, we kind of like, we, we go towards what we're comfortable with. Yeah, just kind of slowly what, happens. Our lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Before you know it, you look around and it's like, I only go to church with white people. I only work with white mm-hmm. people. I live in a neighborhood of all white people or opposite. Yeah. You know, there's no change and there's no empathy then. We can't then understand what each other are going through. Mm-hmm. And specifically, white people can't then understand what black people are going through they, because well, yeah. we're not friends with them. We don't know. No. They can't relate. 
Yeah, I should be able to feel comfortable around a person of a different race. And they should feel comfortable around me. Real quick, I know we're running out of time. We'll cover some good news. Number three. First off, I don't know, Sham, so if you saw the story, it was, I believe, and there's been other examples of this. In Flint, Michigan, there was a sheriff, and he said, what do you want me to do? He was talking to some protesters. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you want? And they said, walk with us. So he put down all his riot gear, whatever gear he was wearing. He like hugged them, high-fived them, and he walked with them. And it is the most joyous video. Everyone's happy. That one guy saying, all right, what do you want? I'll do it. The sheriff of this town saying, I'll do that. I'll walk with you. I'll stand side by side with you. That made everyone's day there. It's one of the most powerful videos I've seen throughout of all this. Yeah, so that's one story. Wanna, we want to be able to feel comfortable around a police officer. I don't want to tense up every time a cop walks past me or pull me over. Like, I don't want to have to fear for my right. life. Like, am I going to make it out of this? I don't know. <laughs> so they just want to be able to feel comfortable. Because you're taught, oh, the cops are the good guys. That's what right. you're taught. But then you see the news and you're like, well, that's not true. Like, where are the good guys at? We know there are some good guys out there, hopefully. Yeah. Where are they? And I've heard this explained too. The reason you tense up when you see a cop because of your skin color might be different than the reason I, I, I don't want to get stopped or pulled over by a cop yeah. either, mm-hmm. but it's more of the fact of, Oh no, I'm going to have to like pay this ridiculous fine. Now I'm going to get points yeah, on my license. About, my insurance going to go up. Yeah. Am I going to make it out of this situation alive? Like literally make it out alive. Yeah. yeah. Number two. Another story was, um, and this is, this happened in Seattle. It happened in Atlanta, happened all across the country is after these, there's been protests, but then there's been these riots that have been happening late at night, mm-hmm. people coming together the next morning and cleaning up powerful yeah. images, people of all races, bringing their own household chore equipment, uh, brooms mm-hmm. and mops and garbage bags, whatever gloves and picking stuff up and cleaning up their own community. Number one. And uh, one of the best news stories I saw this kid in Philadelphia had a great idea. He, I posted this on the Good News Countdown Instagram, if you want to follow. He was going around the city of Philadelphia the other day with a basketball hoop because he mentioned, you know, playing basketball relieves stress in him. Like for a lot of people, playing sports, whatever, yeah. running around, playing ball, relieves some stress, uh, it, you know, gets rid of some of that anxiety. So he was literally taking a basketball hoop around town with a ball saying, hey, you want to play mm-hmm. some hoops for a minute? Some yeah. cops joined in and played. <laughs> the, uh, one cop was getting ready to jo- get, getting ready to play, and the other cop had to remind him, "Hey, dude, take your gun off before you start yeah, playing." Okay, ball. <laughs> Listen, shoot your leg off. <laughs> he forgot, but it, it brought people together of all races. Everyone who was out there—it was protesters and cops and just other people around mm-hmm. the city. Because this kid had a great idea mm-hmm. of doing this, so we need more of that. There is good out there. It's a terrible situation, but you yeah. know we tried to find the silver lining. Hopefully today we've done some of that. Do you have a good word for us this week, Shamso? I do. I don't, I didn't look anything up. I did, it's just like so much going on in my brain right, right now. Um, but the only good word that I can come up with is we have to learn to love like Jesus. Jesus doesn't see the white man, the green man, the purple man, the red man. He just sees us mm-hmm. as people. We're all one race. I mean, you, uh, could you imagine if we look through the eyes of God, you know, say, oh, there's white Griffin. Oh, there's black Shamso. He's just like, there's my child. We just need to be able to move past the whole black person, white person, Indian person. We're given a name for a reason. I don't want to be called, oh, look at that black girl. 
Like, why don't you go up and ask what's her name? <laughs> right. Like, you know, we just need to love like Jesus. And they'll say, how do you spell that? How do you pronounce that? I mean, you can pronounce it wrong. Just, you know, don't, you know, just don't call me a color girl or something. Right. <laughs> love like Jesus. Like, yeah, just love like Jesus. I like love and see like Jesus. Shamso, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts this week. I know it was a different good news countdown, um, yes. but I, I do think some good is going to come from this. Like you said, I think this time is different. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some change made. Hopefully this is a lasting thing. Exactly. That we not all begin. Season. We not just, just for this to, season. Yeah, we need it to keep going every day. Love like Jesus and see like Jesus all the time. All the time. All every the time. day, all day. All right, Sham. So until next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>